0: This is the 19th session of 100 on corporate finance, uh, and we'll pick up where we left off with the underwriting process and a little review. So, remember, once the IPO process is complete, the company shares trade publicly on an exchange. The lead underwriter usually makes a market in the stock by matching buyers and sellers and assigning an analyst uh, to cover it, or several analysts. By doing so, the underwriter increases the liquidity of the stock in the secondary market. This service is of value to both the issuing company and the underwriter's customer, because a liquid market ensures that investors who purchase shares are able to trade those shares easily. If the stock is actively traded, the issuer will have continued access to the equity markets in the event uh, that the firm decides to issue more shares in a new offering. In most cases, existing shareholders are subject to a lockup, right, so this is a restriction that prevents them from selling their shares for some period. Once the lock period expires, they are free to sell their shares. There are two other ways to sell shares during an IPO. First, uh, the underwriter can sell shares via auction without an offer price to reduce book-building requirements. Second, the underwriter can accept the deal on a best-efforts basis. Here, the underwriter does not guarantee that the stock will be sold, but rather tries to sell the stock for the best possible price. If a firm requires more capital after its IPO, it may release a seasoned equity offering and offer uh, new shares for sale. When a firm issues stock um, using a seasoned equity offering, it follows many of the same steps um, that are followed in an IPO. The main difference is that a market price for the stock already exists, so the price setting process is not necessary. Uh, And two types of seasoned equity offerings exist, um, cash offers and write offers. In a cash offer, the firm offers the new shares to investors at large. By way of contrast, in a rights offer, the firm offers the new shares only to existing shareholders. Firms can also finance their operations with debt. And this is the subject of the next section of this podcast. So corporate debt uh, can be private debt, which is negotiated directly with a bank or a small group of investors. Or it can be public debt, which trades in a public market. The first debt financing uh many young firms undertake um is a bank loan right so bank loans are an example of private debt um i.e debt that is not publicly traded uh the private debt market is larger than the public debt market uh uh, private debt um, has the advantage that it avoids um, the cost and delay of registration uh, with the Securities uh, and Exchange Commission. Now, when I say private debt that's not publicly traded, um, that's only in a literal sense, right? So, so sometimes these banks are going to repackage the loans and they'll sell them as what's called um, as various collateralized um, loan obligations. And we'll get to that later, as well as um, the uh, tragic financial crisis of 8. The disadvantage is that because it is not publicly traded, this private debt, um, it is illiquid, uh, meaning that it is hard for a holder of the firm's uh, private debt to sell it in a timely manner. Uh, there are several segments of the private debt market. Um, bank loans, here I'm talking about term loans and lines of credit, uh, and private placements. A term loan uh, is a bank loan that lasts um, for a specific, specified term. When a single loan uh, is funded by a group of banks rather than just a single bank, um, it is called a syndicated bank loan. Usually, uh, one member of the syndicate negotiates the terms of the bank loan. Uh, Many firms elect to establish a revolving line of credit, um, a credit commitment uh, for a specified time period up to some limit, usually two to three years. A company may be able to obtain a larger line of credit or a lower interest rate if it secured uh, the line of credit by pledging an asset as collateral. This credit line is referred to as an asset-backed line of credit. Corporate debt can also be privately placed. A private placement uh, is a bond issue that does not trade on a public market, but rather is sold to a small group of investors. Because a private placement does not need to be registered with the SEC, it is less costly to issue, and often a simple promissory note um, is sufficient in these cases. Privately placed debt also does not need to conform to the same standards uh, as public debt. Uh, Listeners who are interested uh, with the SEC rules governing private placements uh, should consult a neighboring podcast uh, on compliance for investment banks and private equity funds, as well as um, an upcoming podcast uh, on the Uniform Commercial Code uh, and other uh, various legal issues for legal nerds. So, uh, a public bond issue is similar to a stock issue. Uh, A prospectus, or offering memorandum, must be produced that describes uh, the details of the offering. The prospectus for a public offering uh, must include an indenture, a formal contract that specifies the firm's obligation uh, to its bondholders. This contract is usually between the bond issuer and a trust company. Uh, That represents the bondholders and and makes sure that the terms of the contract uh, are enforced. Uh, Thus, um, some folks might say that the two parties um, are in privity of contract with one another, right? Uh, In a case of default, the trust company represents the bondholder's interests. Most corporate bonds are coupon bonds and are denominated in increments of $1,000. The face value does not always correspond to the actual money raised for the issue because of um, rather lucrative investment banking fees and the possibility that the bond might not actually sell for its face value when it is offered for sale initially. Uh, If a coupon bond is issued at a discount, um, it is called an original issue discount. And that concludes this 19th session. Uh, of 100 on corporate finance not ruling out the possibility of bonus sessions